Hello, race fans, and welcome to the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. Your host is champion driver Wayne Johnson, who will be telling the stories and talking to the people that make the sport of sprint car racing great. Hey guys, Wayne Johnson, Wednesdays with Wayne, episode 82, up in the north here, we've been to uh, Red River, there at Fargo, we got rained out at Grand Forks, and uh, went to Houston, so had a little talk about, I'm uh, sitting in the B, we're doing this on Tuesday night, uh, we're back at Grand Forks tomorrow, just landed here, uh, ready to get back going tomorrow, and going to have a pretty busy stretch here pretty quick uh, as we go to I-80 on Friday, uh, Rapid City on Sunday, and then uh, a four-day week next week, three days at Skagit, and uh, there in Washington, and then uh, Elma, Washington on Monday, so four-day stretch coming up uh, with a bunch of miles behind us. I'm here in the Bees, and uh, Sarah's at home. Uh, you got? I got you there, babe? I am here. I was going to say, you got to add, you got a lot of driving ahead of you. Well, it's already been a bunch of driving back and forth, and I think from Grand Forks here to I-80 is eight hours, and then it's eight hours from I-80 to Rapid City, and I don't even want to think about how far it is from Rapid City to Burlington, Washington. It's been a while while since that trip to Washington, a couple years. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been out there in a couple years. Yeah, I'm still kind of surprised you guys are headed that way, but... Looks like it's all a go, so. Well, we're definitely going. Uh, that's what they say anyway. Unless something changes within the next 10 days or so, uh, I'm sure we're going but because we are uh, got a track right after Rapid City because it's a long ways and we got four days to get there. Okay. Well, we got some results to go over from the past weekend. So Friday night got rained out. That's the race you're racing tonight, right? Mm-hmm. So then that had you Saturday at Red River Valley Speedway. Where's that located? That's in Fargo. Okay. I get confused up there where you're at. I didn't really know where you were all weekend. So. No, I was going to just say, I just had dinner, stopped here and grabbed some dinner at Pizza Ranch, and we're close enough to the Canadian border that the Border Patrol was in there eating. I guess I really, really don't sure. know where yeah, I'm not sure. We're pretty far from the border, I still think, maybe 50 miles. So I'm not sure why. Maybe this is the closest pizza ranch to the border. I'm not really sure. Uh, I wish they'd have a pizza ranch down here. We don't have any of those. Okay. We always talk about food. I think about that day when I was writing up today's podcast script. Somehow we always circle back to food. You know that? Uh, fat guys got to eat. Okay. Saturday, Red River Valley Speedway. You qualified 14th. That had you start 5th in Heat 3. You finished 6th. That had you start 17th in the A Main, finished 13th. Yep. Uh, qualifying was just okay. Uh, I didn't feel like we laid down as good a lap as I felt like I could have, but right rear was plugged in pretty good the whole night, and we're trying to work on that, getting that thing freed up. And then in the, in the heat race, we just wasn't very good at all, actually, just trying to hang on and maintain. And then the feature, I got frustrated, and we just tried to 
some I took a couple of big swings at a couple of things and some stuff I'd wanted to try and haven't done it yet. And we just took some swings at it and actually felt pretty good. It was kind of weird to drive because of the way we did it, but uh, ended up working out and moved ahead there. Actually ran 12th to the last corner, if you want to say, coming off the floor, coming to the checkered. Me and uh, actually had a run on Casey Kane. And uh, he kind of pinched me into three, and that let Zerfoss get around me on the outside coming to the checkers. But all in all, moved ahead, so uh, can't be disappointed in that. Uh, you know, as long as we're moving ahead and feel like we're learning some stuff. So feel like, uh, you know, our results were better there this time than they were last year. So felt like it's a game. Yep, good deal. I don't even really recall watching that race on Saturday. I'm sure I did. But um, I do remember nope, Sunday. No clue. No clue. We're going to move on to Sunday. Sunday was a good night. And I must tell you, Sunday, I stopped to get fuel, and I found a lucky penny on the ground. And <laughs> when people were texting me that Sunday night, I was saying, guys, I found a lucky penny today. It's going to be a good night. So Sunday, you qualified. You were ninth out for qualifying. You qualified fifth. As you start second in heat one, you won your heat race, and that was a pretty stout heat race. You ran the dash. You drew one again. So you started first in the dash, and then you won the dash. So that was exciting. She put you on the pole of the A. You led laps one through seven and laps nine through 14, and you finished seventh. I must say that was definitely your best appearance so far this year. Well, they had a rainstorm go. Well, the rain, they had a rainstorm go through there, and uh, got a late start. The racetrack was pretty wet and not my kind of racetrack, to be honest with you, but uh, just took the notes that we had from the last time we were there, made a few changes that I felt like we need to make. And, man, we unloaded really, really good there and, and uh, you know, was on the board every time in hot laps. And Sheldon was parked next to me, and he said, man, I don't know what you got going on tonight. But he said, I was trying to catch you there in hot laps. And he said, you're just driving away. And I was, I didn't feel it really feel that good, but I thought, you know, well, I mean, if he says I'm driving away, then evidently my car's not bad. And then went out and laid down a pretty good lap. Um, ended up fifth quick. Like I said, I don't know. We just we just stumbled across what we what must work for me there, and and then uh, and I ended up putting us on the front row outside of the first heat. And uh, on the start there, gravel was on the pole and. He started to go, and, and all right, he started picking up the pace in three, and then we got to almost to the four there in the line, and I started to go because I didn't want to get beat. I thought he was going to beat me bad on the start. And so I started to go a little bit early, and I realized I had to check up because he was going before me. So I backed up just a little bit off the throttle, and then he took off, and we had a really good start there. Uh, he still beat me to turn one, but I ripped the top and was leading off the two, and and my car was really good. I could just, I mean, I was stuck and rotating probably better than I ever have all year long. And I just had tons of grip. And racetrack had tons of grip, though, also. But felt really good in the car. Got her, got us a heat race win. Felt really confident in the car because, like I said, the car was magnificent. I could move around and do things that I haven't done all year. So really pumped about that. And then uh, they were trying to rush through the program because of the rain coming and, and uh, they did up the redraw at the trailer, and I drew the one. And that's the second dash, second one this year. And uh, ended up 
starting on the pole of the dash. We made a couple adjustments, not big adjustments because I didn't want to mess it up, and uh, felt really good in the dash. Actually, felt better in the dash than I did in the in the in the heat or the feature. And the dash, I mean, it felt really really good. And then you got to fill that thing up for fuel, you know, in the for the feature there. And we made just a couple of small little adjustments, but we just didn't go far enough. I didn't tighten up enough, and got a good start there with Austin McCarr on the front row with me and got rolling there pretty good. And, uh, you know, I honestly can just say I ran the wheels off of it because uh, I said, I told somebody today that, that I just ran it like a bank robber because uh, cops were chasing <laughs> and just, I just spun the tires too much and ended up blistering the tire there. But, but early in the race, you know, we led what one through seven, but, and then uh, Macedo got biased there in traffic. I got to traffic, and honestly, I uh, haven't been in that situation this year or actually for the last couple of years of being able to figure out where I need to be in traffic. And I knew if I just stayed tight because the racetrack was pretty narrow still, that if I just followed the lap cars, because they were still trucking around there pretty good, that nobody was going to be able to pass me. And when I checked up to slow down a little bit just to slow the pace down, then I missed, I missed two, and he got under me, and, Took the lead, well, then uh, half lap or lap later or whatever it was, he run over a lap car just because the track was blocked. I mean, there was, I mean, that's what I was going to be facing with. There was no, nowhere to go, really. And then, uh, like I said, then I had caution with him, and then the restart got, I got, got back going again there and led a few laps, and then I started to get really free. And I think that's when I really started to blister the tire, uh, on that lap coming from the restart because I knew I needed to go and go hard. And I just uh, didn't take care of my equipment, took, didn't take care of the tire, blistered it. And then McCarl got by me and then uh, Gravel got by me. And I ran third all the way up to like, I think, uh, lap 30 or something like that. And then uh, and then uh, Jacob got me. And then when Jake got, Jacob got me on the bottom, I decided I needed to go to the bottom. So I went to the bottom. When I did, then Craig went around the outside of me and, my car was just really, really fading, and and uh, then shots got me because uh, after I went up, went after after uh, Craig got by me on the top, I went back to the top, and then uh, shots slid me or whatever. But I was really, really fading, and then the caution come out, green, white, checkered, and and uh, I just knew that I just had to make as good a lapse as I could. I was a little afraid of the tire on the curb, so kind of ran the bottom into one and, and didn't get a good get a run launch up off the two and let McFadden get a run on me and he slid me in three and four and so that got me back to seventh and then honestly I just drove as wide as I could for the last lap to try to keep whoever was behind me behind me and it ended up being Brad Sweet but you know all in all uh my happy with a seventh place finish from the front row no but I just see the gains with our car and our team and everything that we're doing and adjustments and we just messed up uh didn't, didn't make the right adjustments, but Houston's is not one of my favorite tracks, and it was cowboy up kind of racetrack, uh, and not my kind of deal. But we had a really good race car, and and uh, really looking forward to going uh, to Grand Forks tomorrow or tonight or however you want to say that, because our packages, I feel like that package that we ran at Houston's will be good here also. So looking forward to that. Yeah, well, it was super fun to watch, and I definitely see the team gaining some momentum. So it's exciting to see uh, this last part of the season go together and what you guys can accomplish going forward. 
Yeah, me too. Like I say, I, I feel like we stumbled on something that the balance really felt good for me and, and, uh, you know, to, a grand force is a kind of a bull ring place. Uh, you know, Skag is a bull ring and then we're going to Chico. So, you know, those are all bull rings. So hopefully this package will translate into a lot more track here towards the end. That's exciting. I'm ready to go. You can breathe a little life into us with this last big stretch going out. I feel like if we can survive this California part, and then you're getting closer to home, and I'm looking forward to that. 22 more races. Uh, still a lot of season left. You know, some people don't run 22 races in a year, and so we got 22 races and still a long season left, and just got to keep plugging away to, to uh, try to be better. I was looking at the um, website the other day, the Outlaws website, and I had noticed that we surpassed how many races we ran last year so far this year. Obviously, last year being an off year with COVID and everything, but you're, what, 56, 57 in, and that's as many as you ran all year last year. So, Right. So, so it's like a lot. That's the thing. Well, and that's what I said last year and through many podcasts that the more we race, the better we get as a team because we're learning. And I talk about that book, and that book's finally starting to uh, work because we've been to these places and we we have notes that, and you know, I write down in there what I felt like worked and what didn't work, and then try to implement something better or use something I've learned somewhere else to that with that, and and you know, it's just working out because. Like I say, when we come now, we don't worry about the gear so much because now we've got that, you know, we know what gear needs to be ran at those tracks and then such and such. And so it's it's just really coming together more because we're just getting more notes, honestly. Well, well, you can definitely tell by your finishes and how you've been doing. So good job. Good job, team. Yeah, well, we got no notes for Chico, no notes for Alma, no notes for uh, – Skagit, but hopefully that I raced enough at those places when we went 360 racing out there that hopefully that I'm, I've learned enough that maybe we can implement and start a book with a with uh, some really good notes right off the bat. I hope so. Okay, so what would you give this weekend for a letter grade? Well, I mean, honestly, uh I'd probably say an A minus because we qualified well. We won our heat. We won the dash. We just faded there in the feature, and you know we faded back to seventh. But there's still 24 cars in that race, so uh, you know we've out we outran a lot of good cars. And and you know if you go back and look at race monitor, we turned the fastest lap of the race. So early our car was really good, and I we faded a few times here. Uh, throughout the year and I just feel like that we're not quite got the right adjustments for a long 35 lap race or a 40 lap race to uh, be competitive there at the end. Okay well it's exciting that you're having an A on the board. All this stuff excites me so I hope uh, well I'm, I think you know like the listeners I think they probably enjoy this part of the process too because I mean everybody's been with us through the downs and the downs and the little ups, and so it feels good to really see some results that are um, reflecting all the hard work you guys have been putting in. Well, it's just a confidence booster to be able to run up front and know that you can do it, you know what I mean? You get beat down being out here, getting your ass whooped every night, 
over and over and over and over. And, and, you know, through my whole career, I've always been pretty successful and I've not been successful at all at this level. And, uh, in the last two years anyway, two, three years or whatever. And, and it's just, it just, it's hard on your mentally and, and to have good runs like that sure reminds you that, or reminds me that, you know, I can still do this. Just got to get everything to click in and it's got to be right. Uh, these guys are the best in the world and they're not making that many mistakes. So we just got to clean it up and, you know, we can run up there. Okay. Well, let's grab a quick break and we'll be back with some questions of the week. Outlaw Racing Wings is a proud supporter of the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. Outlaw Racing Wings build wings for sprint cars and micro and junior sprints, as well as for all types of wing karting. Champion drivers like Christopher Bell, Wayne Johnson, and Brad Sweet all trust Outlaw Racing Wings for the extra speed needed in today's open wheel racing. Visit outlawwings.com or the Outlaw Racing Wings page on Facebook and Twitter. Choose the wings the champions choose. Choose Outlaw. Highside Racewear has grown to become a major brand in racing apparel. Whether you're looking for high quality custom Nomax race suits or embroidered hats, Highside Racewear has everything your team needs for safety and success. Highside Racewear offers custom race suits, gloves, shoes, dye sublimated team apparel, and top quality embroidered hats, jackets, and shirts. Before you buy from anyone else, check out the Highside Racewear Facebook page or email highsideracewear at gmail.com for more information. Okay, guys, we're back. Questions of the week. I'm sure those are going to be exciting this week. Uh, can't imagine what's on the plate today. <laughs> the bar is so, I don't know, high or low on this. But we got a question. I'll do the one that was sent in, of course, and then we'll do mine. So uh, we got a question from Michael, and he said, with it looking like you're going to travel west, what preparations are you and the team making for that trip? Well, we, we, you know, our stuff's always pretty prepared. Uh, you know, we got three more races before we head out west, so just hopefully we don't tear up a lot of stuff because right now the truck and trailer is loaded for bear. We got everything we need. Uh, we still got three cars with us. We got three motors with us, uh, and lots of spare parts. So hopefully nothing changes there within the next three races, but, uh, you know, just for me doing a lot of maintenance on the B, which, you know, today I spent the day servicing the generator and the engine and just going through everything on the beam to make sure that this old girl's ready to go, you know, 2,000 mile trip to the West Coast. So that's part of it, just prepping there. And I'm, the boys have been doing the same with the, with the race rig. But for the most part, uh, you know, when we leave home uh, from the start of the season, you know, we're pretty much loaded for bears. So there's not really a lot of, a lot of stuff that we need to change other than we do have to, uh, load our California headers because our headers and mufflers are different out there. So that's just really one thing that we have to do and uh, get ready to pay high dollar diesel bill and motel bills on the West Coast because it's way more expensive, but really not a lot, to be honest. I mean, we travel so much and we have everything with us uh, pretty much all the time. Okay. Michael, thanks for that question. Okay. You ready for mine, like always? Um. I guess. Okay. If you were given the opportunity to build a new racetrack, what are some things you would like to make sure it would include? So basically, like, what's your wish list for a racetrack? My wish? 
Uh, you know, there's a lot of racetracks that I love racing at, but uh, I really believe the quarter mile and the three eighths uh, put on the best racing. The half miles really seem to get strung out a lot of times and don't feel like the racing's as good. So probably we have to build a short track somewhere, probably somewhere where it didn't rain that much, of course. But uh, and hopefully we can haul in some of that Knoxville clay somewhere. But uh, I don't really know if I'd have many other. Uh, I mean, I guess you gotta. Some of the places that we've been to have just absolutely been beautiful, and some stuff that I've never seen. Like when we went to Weed Sport, little bull ring, and they did an amazing job with facility. I never went there before, but uh, they said they've redone it, and the grandstands are beautiful, and you know, there's a place for kids to play. They got a playground. They got a bar for the grown-ups. I mean, they're just doing it all, and uh, it was packed. So which most times it is packed, but uh, that'd be one thing. Maybe maybe a roof over it where you could race year-round. That'd be cool. <laughs> I think that's every race person's uh, wish list, year-round racing. I don't know, though, man. I could really use a off-season, even if it's just a few weeks. Well, this, this schedule is really tough, and, uh, you know, it's been – and it's and it's, it's long, and you know this is probably the longest time that I've ever been out um, on the road. I don't even know what home looks like. You know, I came home what two weeks ago for two days, and um, yep. you know I didn't have much to do. You took care, you honestly took a, took care of everything, did a great job with the house and all that. But being away from home for so long, I don't even feel like I have a home to be honest. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just different. But these. These are really, really long seasons and a lot of time away from home. And, you know, last year was was long and all that, but it didn't feel that bad because that was kind of normal what I did, 50, 60 races a year with ASCS and traveling. And here we are at 60, and we still got 22 more to go and and uh, basically not going to get home till the second week of November uh, for good. So still a long season to go, and i tell you what, it's tough. I can agree with that. I definitely miss you. Uh, it's pretty lonely with me and old Henry here hanging out. Well, I, down the fort. well, I just can't imagine doing it like last year. Like I say, I traveled with the team, and well, you traveled with the team also with me. And then a lot of times we drove separately in the car. We didn't have the beef. And so uh, with that season, it was still brutal. But uh, I'm telling you, with, with not have, I don't know that I could do it without having the beef. It would be. It'd be ten times harder, uh, you know. Like I said, I've landed here in Grand Forks, and I think what is it, nine o'clock or something like that, and you know, makes really easy for me to get some dinner and get a shower and get to bed at a decent hour, so and not going and trying to check into motels and dragging your stuff around. So I know that a lot of these guys do that, but uh, for my sanity, this works out really good. But it's, I tell you what. Uh, I just I just never dreamt that it would be as long as it is because it is. Uh, I thought there would be times I could get home, but it's just not feasible a lot of times. So. Yeah, not a whole lot of direct flights into the OKC, and I'm telling you, you from my perspective because I fly to you a lot. It's just the logistics, and I'll spend more time flying to and from with the connections than. I really get to spin with you, so it doesn't make sense for you to fly home because we were looking at you coming back uh, when you were out west, but 
I mean, you spend two full days flying, so until you get that well, airplane. Just, the, well, the air the airports. Um, you know, I flew early this year, and I don't remember where I flew. I think I flew to Indy or something, and I just told myself I don't want to fly no more. If the way that people act on the planes and the way the airports are, it's different, and I don't want to fly anymore. If that's the way it's going to be, and all the delays and all the connections and all the stuff that's going on because they don't have enough people working and all. I don't want anything. I don't want any part of that. That's, that's a mess to me that I don't, I don't need that stress in my life. So, uh, until we can afford, until we can afford to get us a plane and fly, probably won't be doing a lot of flying just because, uh, I tell you what, the little bit of flying I've done, it's been crazy. Well, I'm an expert, and I agree. It is crazy, but we make it work. Okay, you got anything else to add from this week's shenanigans, I guess? No, and I don't know that I got a lot. Just like I say, uh, looking forward to getting the Grand Forks here tomorrow and or today or however you want to say that and getting back in the car because I'm just really starting to feel really good in the car, and and uh, it's exciting when I feel good. I mean, and I feel like our car's fast, and feel like we've learned enough that maybe we can move ahead so just excited to be here like say uh to get ready to go racing again hopefully the rain stays away this place has rained out twice in a row now and it's not supposed to rain out but uh looking forward to uh get back on the track okay well as always guys don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast we always appreciate when you do that you can visit the merchandise shop online at waynejohnson2c.com I think the T-shirt trailer is on a hiatus for the time being. So if you need merch, waynejohnson2c.com, or if you're at the track, come down to the pit and uh, catch up with Wayne at the trailer, and he's got some stuff on him. Right? Am I right about that? Yeah, Michaela unloaded some stuff uh, for me, some hats and shirts, and I'm not sure what all, uh, just because she didn't think that the trailer was going to go out west. So we just, uh, I'll have some stuff. You just have to message there and meet me because I'm not going to set it up anywhere at this point or anything. So just message Sarah or whatever, and maybe we can figure it out, get it all worked out. Okay. And you can follow along with us anytime on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Wayne Johnson Racing. You can get a hold of us by call or text at 405-362-0620. And you can always email us at WayneJohnsonRacing at Yahoo.com. That's all you got. All right, guys. We'll tell next week. Keep listening. This has been the Wednesdays with Wayne podcast. We thank you for joining us and ask you to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you at the tracks. <laughs>